Some bad news coming out of joint practices against the New York Jets for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it appears they have lost wide receiver Russell Gage for the year. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your Wednesday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow me, your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at DHarrison82, credential member of the media, covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. We're here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers. We greatly appreciate your continued support for the show. On today's episode, unfortunately, we are going to lead off with an apparent injury to Russell Gage during the joint practice against the New York Jets for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll dive into more joint practice information and news, some of it better than the injury, but of course the injury more long-term. So that's what we'll deal with first, and then we will get an update on the quarterback battle from Logan Robinson of BucksGameDay.com. All right, guys, joined now on the Locked On Bucks podcast by Logan Robinson. Find him on Twitter at Logan's Twitty, founder and owner of BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, on ground in Tampa for all of the Tampa uh, training camp practices, games, all that stuff for you, along with uh, other guys like Caleb Skinner. Then we got a new guy, don't we, that also is going mm-hmm. to practices and games this year. Uh, who's, yep. who's that, Logan? We're going to have Ben Myerson. He'll be joining us. actually got his credential approved today, so we'll have some more hands on deck for us on site covering this fun quarterback battle. Yeah, absolutely. So Bucks game day, heavy, heavy presence there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and and that's where, I mean, you our everydayers know James and I don't live in Tampa, so where are we getting our information and a lot of our stuff to build our opinions and analysis? From BucksGameDay.com. Uh, Proud to be a part of that amazing staff. So, Logan, unfortunately, so that's all good news, but unfortunately, we got to start this conversation with some not so good news, but it is the most impactful in-season news happening right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that, of course, is the injury suffered by Russell Gage out there in New Jersey during joint practices against the uh, New York Jets. So what do we know currently about that whole situation as it unfolded on Wednesday? Well, I know we were talking about doing this show all this week, David, but we weren't expecting to have this kind of news come out yeah. after the Bucks and their first day and only day that they'll be facing against the Jets in their joint practice, having one of their starting uh, wide receivers go down with Russell Gage. And, you know, there's a report made earlier by Jeremy Fowler from the ESPN stating that he was going to miss the entire 2023 season. We don't have confirmation yet whatsoever from the Bucks side on that, so we'll wait. But, you know, it just didn't seem good with it being an emotional mm-hmm. scene on the field, being carted off, players taking a knee, uh, you know, Mike Evans, you know, hoping for the best with his comments. Todd Bowles talking about saying that it did seem like it was pretty severe. So, you know, it's just a just bad luck here for Russell Gage, who was just coming back, was making some flashes. I was telling you about him, David, too, of a guy that was mm-hmm. having some impressive plays here and there, and it looked like he was getting close to about 100%. He looked like he was at 97 98%, just the way that he was running his routes, getting open, just his fluidity and his cuts. What, what was huge for him and being able to talk to him just not so long ago, it, it just stinks to get the news of him going down like that. Something that you don't ever want to see. And it puts now the Bucks in a really uh, interesting but really tough spot at that wide receiver room because now you're lacking experience, at least with your starting group outside of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a lot of people on Twitter, you know, 
give me fits that, hey, you've got some rookies in there that have been making flashes throughout camp. But you got to remember, those are those are rookies. Those are straight up rookies, guys that have not had NFL experience in this wide receiver room. You could look at Geiger. You could look at, you know, Trey Palmer, uh, Rakeem Jarrett, if they're, what, whatever they're going to do with him. If, you know, if he's able to get back fully healthy and be able to participate in camp, you know, there's different signs mm -hmm. that you see from these rookies, but there's just not a lot of NFL experience, David. And that's something yeah. that I think is going to be a concern. What do they do? Can they go out and grab one? They've already reconstructed, re reconstructed so many, so many deals and they're already in a tough spot already. What can they do uh, in the free agency spot to be able to bring in some more experience? But nonetheless, you know, we saw some flashes in preseason game number one from some of these youngsters like Trey Palmer. Mm -hmm. You've got Devin Tompkins in second year who is already making flashes almost every day in camp. Can those guys step up and, and take the next step under Dave Canales' offense? So just, just a really rough situation that the Buccaneers are in going into this upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, you you mentioned head coach Todd Bowles is, you know, he's one of the most like, like he's not soft-spoken as a human, but as a head coach, he's soft-spoken, right? Like he doesn't really like to say anything. Like if you ask him what his favorite pizza was, he probably just say the one that I have. Like he wouldn't even give toppings. He wouldn't even list. <laughs> he just doesn't like to give information. So when Todd Bowles is out here talking about, it looks pretty serious. I mean that 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 alone, the fact that he's commenting on it already means a lot. So of course, uh, our house, our hearts go out to him. Tabo said the same thing. His heart goes out to him. The, the whole you know the whole team, of course. But like you mentioned, there is a business side to this, so we do have to talk about that. And and again, not to dehumanize Russell Gage at all. Like as a human being, you know, couldn't feel you know worse for for Russell for going through what he's going through, uh, especially with his injury history. Just, you know, some you you love to see people reach their dreams. He's made it to the NFL, and now his body is just not letting him fully take advantage of being uh, in that position, unfortunately. So the business side of this, uh, you mentioned restructuring some deals, right? The Buccaneers this offseason restructured or renegotiated really Russell Gage's deal, taking $3 million of his $10 million guaranteed number, turning those $3 million into incentives. So really he only has $7 million guaranteed. Uh, and then the other $3 million were still there, but they're attached to incentives that he obviously is not going to be able to earn now if we have confirmation that his injury is as serious as everybody uh, is, is expecting. So that means that two years into his three-year deal that he signed with the Buccaneers, he's going to have played 13 games, caught 51 passes, producing 426 yards and five touchdowns. After two seasons as their number three receiver, that's obviously not what you're wanting uh, with that contract. Is there any way you see the Buccaneers not releasing Russell Gage next offseason once he's cleared you know, from surgery recovery to be able to be uh, re uh, released because that would save the Buccaneers nearly $15 million in salary cap space it, it would save them a lot like you were just saying there david you know injuries plays a big role and if you're going to stick with the team definitely at where he is at in his career where he's at you know it's just how it is facts wise he's not reliable to be out there on the field he's not putting enough enough numbers consecutively season to season two as well and you know they were looking for the buccaneers to see a jump from russell gage this upcoming season and be able to put in those numbers so they can keep him around but i i think the bucks now are at a point where you've either you, you gotta either you know 
potentially move on and you've got to find someone that can be reliable at that spot. Um, and then you've got to hope that you can develop these youngsters that are in that rookie room, which I think the Bucks really do like. They're in a really tricky situation too because you're dealing with a quarterback competition where you're splitting reps yeah. one day first team Kyle Trask second day you've got Baker Mayfield first team so it's also putting the wide receivers in a different spot and you're not continuously building your first team reps and chemistry there so it's an odd situation but I think the Bucks uh, at least from what my understanding just I don't know I, I think it's time uh, and there's just not a lot of reliability that you have with Gage at the moment, which stinks. I hate it. Um, you know, mm -hmm. just speaking with him multiple times, the way that he was able to bounce back. And we also know what happened with him against Dallas at the end of the season. He, he's just gone through so much, but right. he was at the point in camp where he was making these plays and making strides and playing with contact. And it just so happened to be first day with the Jets, he goes down. But, you know, moving on is probably the most ideal situation for, for the Buccaneers in their front office with Jason Light. More to come here with Logan Robinson of BucksGameDay.com. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair, gro hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair wealth wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. And it works. In clinical studies, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Enter promo code locked on NFL. That's neutralfold.com slash men. Promo code locked on NFL. Thanks for making locked on Bucks first listen or view of the day every day. Make sure you guys come back tomorrow every day because James and I will be back for yet another episode of Locked On Bucks. But for now, let's get back to Logan Robinson from BucksGameDay.com. Logan Robinson on Twitter at Logan's Twitty. Uh, founder and owner of BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation, joining us today talking about Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp preseason. Unfortunately, we've been talking about the injury suffered on Wednesday during the joint practice with the New York Jets, uh, suffered by receiver Russell Gage. Looks like his season is going to be over, and honestly, it looks like his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers most likely uh, is going to come to an end with that as well. And That's uh, certainly a disappointing end to what a lot of people, I think, were excited to see the potential of Russell Gage joining the Buccaneers when he did last offseason. Um Logan, you kind of already touched on Trey Palmer, and you know we've we've had discussions about him. James and I have had discussions. I had Trevor Sikama of PFF uh, come on here, and I've asked pretty much everybody, how can I get over my Kenny Bell PTSD with Nebraska receivers wearing Buccaneers uniforms? And Trey Palmer came up pretty solid in the preseason game to help me get over that. But then on Wednesday, Logan, Trey Palmer, 60-plus yards, 
reception. Some people are calling it a TD. I don't know. He kind of looked like he came down, and I think Sauce, you know, got a, got a hand on him. I think it's at the goal line, maybe. Whatever it is, man. Trey Palmer, rookie, getting the best of Sauce Gardner. Uh, what did you think of that play when you saw it? What do you think so far of young Trey Palmer? Man, th this Jets Bucks joint practice was full of entertainment. I'm I really wish I had gone there because so many things happened. I know we're going to dive deep into it, but specifically with yeah. this play. Palmer, he's been doing this in Tampa, and now he takes it on the road going against some top-tier competition, definitely with Gardner there. And yeah. I think that's a that's a great play made by him. It just goes to show, too, he's not just a goal line or a red zone threat. He can stretch the field, and he can utilize his speed, too. And, you know, I give credit to Palmer, but you know what? I've got to give my shout-out here to Kyle Trask, something that he's been lacking mm -hmm. on, lacking on. We've been talking about it on here on this show, David is his deep ball and connecting there and Trask was able to get it done and he was able to go up there and do it against the defense and some live contact. You know, I wasn't able to see if anybody was coming around the edge to grab a sack or not, but it seemed like it was a clean play. The uh, Buccaneers offensive line was able to make some good blocking there for Kyle Trask to get downfield and Trey Palmer does that. It's fun watching him. I go over to the wide receivers whenever they're throwing with the quarterbacks, catching the balls. And he's one of those guys that's always going to put in two feet in that end zone and he, he just yeah. makes some really nice grabs. So watching him continue to build his confidence, that's something that I was thinking about earlier today. One thing that stands out about him since OTAs and the beginning of training camp, his confidence has just risen enormously. And I and, and of course it has to after a game like that in your preseason uh, game number one. Obviously it's going to mm -hmm. do that, but just seeing him do that in training camp and taking on Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean going against some really high top tier uh, competition day in and day out in camp is only going to allow him to get more experience and potentially, you know, jump in and be an impact for this offense like Dave Canales wants him to be. But what, what a play by him, the highlight mm -hmm. of the day by far outside of the plenty of fights, but uh, Palmer making some plays early against Sauce Gardner, which is not easy to do. Not a lot of players can do that in the league. Yeah, no, that's that's impressive. And as a rookie, I mean, that's got to send your confidence through the roof. I mean, you know, you you can you can beat a guy like that because Sauce. I mean, listen, this isn't just hype. Like, this isn't just a big name. He's still a young cornerback. Like this dude balled out last year. He proved to be one of the best. You know, one of the, one of the best corners yet, but one of the up and coming corners uh, in the National Football League. So this is no slouch. And then you mentioned Kyle Trask. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I definitely want to hit up on that because whenever we see these big highlight plays, right, I always kind of look for it. Like, did the receiver have to make an acrobatic catch? Did the receiver have to slow down, you know, to let the ball get to him? But like you said, that ball was there on time. It was in rhythm. It was in pace. I mean, that was a beautiful, beautiful pass from Kyle Trask. Not so beautiful was a pass from Zach Wilson in the joint practice. Anthony Nelson thought it was beautiful and and promptly plucked it out of the uh, to run it back for a pick six. What do you think about Anthony Nelson getting uh, a pick six on a former top drafted quarterback? David, you remember this on the show last time when I was on here with you, you had had me uh, pick a player that I think was going to take that next up or be a breakout player, could lead a team in some stats. And I went with Anthony Nelson just because, like Bowles said, he puts himself in the right spots at the right times. And Anthony was sitting there right there, perfect timing. Uh, was able to get Wilson's pass and take it back for six. He He's done this, and he's stayed consistent through camp. They want to see him fully healthy as well throughout this upcoming season. I think he's going to play a big-time impact. And he's also turned into a little bit of a leader, too, as well, helping some of these youngsters that have come into Bowles' defense 
getting them hands on uh, hand on hand kind of demonstrations going through some of the drills before 11 on 11s begin. It's just helped a ton for some of those younger guys, but just to see Anthony Nelson step up there and also make this play today on the road like that. It's great to see this defense for the most part really had a good day overall. Just some of the updates that we were reading from uh, some of the outlets out of the Bucks and also the Jets, you know, the D line really causing some havoc there, David, against yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers' offensive line, where it actually Aaron Rodgers had to practically comment about it uh, today. You know, they had some struggles. It's something that they're going to have to work on as a Jets uh, team. But, you know, it's great to hear. I mean, it's no shocker kind of to us, though. It's what's been happening in camp all throughout uh, this yeah. last month is that Bucks defensive line causing havoc against the Bucks offensive line. Like the defensive line making strides and getting back to the backfield and getting to the quarterback is something that we've been seeing for the last couple of weeks. So it was no it's no shocker for any of like any of the other reporters that are covering the Bucks up there traveling. You know, that's something they see daily. Uh, but just yeah. to see it go against some other competition against other jerseys is, is phenomenal seeing, you know, Bucks fans should be excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think most Bucks fans are kind of on the wagon of national media is is incredibly underselling this Buccaneers team, especially his defense. And if that defense can be uh, what we think it can be, can certainly keep any offense in the game. And then it's just on Baker or Kyle, whoever uh, wins the starting job that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Perhaps time for Zach Wilson to stop practicing no look throws, maybe practice some more look throws. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, Anthony Nelson doubter. So I'm not going to say haters because I, I have been not proud because I'm not proud to doubt anybody. You know what I mean? But I've been a card carrying member of the, Anthony Nelson Doubter Club. Logan, I mean, is it time for me to retire the club? Is it time for me to shred that card? I don't, I mean, I don't know. We haven't hit a game, true game yet. I think we got to get to like week three and we can get a good kind of fit on where maybe your stance should be moving forward for, throughout the rest of the season. I just see a yeah. few flashes here and there in camp, which I like, and I like his leadership. Uh, his determination and him, of course, making that play today just goes to show either, you know, Bowles is putting his guys in the right spots to, um, you know, make some make some flashes, make some plays that are needed because this Bucks defense, they made a goal before this season. They, they want close to 30, 30 takeaways. I don't know if that's going to yeah. be if that's going to happen after what we saw last year, but it's simply coming down, catching the ball. They put themselves in really good spots throughout camp. It's not just Anthony Nelson, but there's been some other guys on the line that have cause a lot of deflections against these quarterbacks david it's mainly just coming down with the ball grabbing it coming you know just making the interception happen grab the fumble you know those are just some small little things that could really change the game for the buccaneers which i think there's going to be a lot of tight games where the bucks are going to need these takeaways to jump in that division racing against the saints the falcons the carolina panthers takeaways will be Heavily, heavily uh, pushed for this team going into 2023. But Anthony Nelson having that play today, I think it should, you know, start sending you in that trajectory. I won't say I don't say you need to switch sides fully yet until maybe mm-hmm. like week three. And then you can come join me on this side. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So you and James Yarko both. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll see. What I'm, hey, look, the, the opportunity is there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Anthony Nelson proving me wrong a little bit more. So you already kind of touched on the value in joint practices. Obviously, it's a staple of Buccaneers, your organization. They love having joint practices, and I think everybody loves having them as well. You also own and founded Knoll Game Day, so you're in the college football business as well. Should college football do joint practices? So I'm glad you brought that up because we talked with Mike Norvell, I 
think it was last spring about this, and it's always brought up about another college coming into town, definitely in the state, maybe like a UCF coming up to Tallahassee mm -hmm. and hosting and Florida State hosting a spring game with them going against some good talent, ones versus ones, twos versus twos, or whatever you want to do, whatever the coaches decide to do. Of course, the biggest thing is you don't want to deal with injuries, and that's something that you know you just play it safe. I don't think fully – you don't have to go full contact. If you're just running a scrimmage, a safe scrimmage and such, I, you know, you're going to get fans in the stand. That's the biggest thing. Could it be a revenue driver for college teams? But specifically right. just on the field, talent versus talent, getting your schemes down, definitely your true freshmen, just like in the league where you have your true rookies, you know, freshmen don't have OTAs and such or rookie OTAs to kind of get acclimated. Whereas, you know, in college though, you do have early enrollees and they can come in and work out and they can, they will have spring, but then some of the other freshmen don't arrive until the summertime missing out on that. So I, I, I would love to see it. Mike Norvell said he would be highly interested in that if the NCA would want to make a move in that regard. But, you know, the biggest thing is always safety, but I think you can do a lot of things to make sure it is safe and the end all be all. And, but you know, no, no, uh, nobody, no FSU fan, or I don't think any kind of other fan like UF, UCF, uh, even down there in Miami would be against having a joint type of practice is if everything is safe and yeah, fans will be in the stands no matter what, kind of like how we have a training camp here in Tampa. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think safety is obviously paramount, you know, so maybe no, maybe no, no seminal gator joint practices. I don't have safe. Yeah, I don't know how that, I don't think that would be too fully safe. <laughs> maybe uh, even if you brought UCF up, you know, their, their fans are look, I don't want to say a few words, but uh, you know, just, I don't think they would go too well in the stands either. So it'd have to be really mm -hmm. smart on how they would go of acclimating or getting the players and the, fans involved but i know from just specifically well for what coach norvell told us he would be interested and in. i think a lot of other college coaches would if everything was made safe yeah. and your your uh heisman containing quarterback doesn't get hurt either like jordan travis yeah absolutely absolutely that's what you love to see i mean you know joint practices are great and iron sharpens iron all that stuff hitting someone that looks different than you all those things but joint practices also usually bring fights and i know here in the Virginia area, I've been covering Washington Commanders joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens for the last two days, and we had no fewer than six fights. And there might be more if you consider some pushing and shoving and all this other fights, but like six throwdown, like dudes throwing punches, guys on the ground, fights. Mike Evans said that this joint practice, it's one day, this joint practice has had more fights in it than he's ever experienced in a joint practice. What do you think of... Like, where do you think that comes from, first of all? And then what do you, how do you feel about hearing that there's fighting going on during joint practices? First off, that says a lot for Mike Evans to be talking about fights like that and saying that's the most he's seen as he's <laughs> one of the biggest instigators of the uh, fights uh. or going in to cause them or making sure his quarterback isn't getting involved with some defensive backs and some chirping going on. We know Mike Evans likes to run some hands, so it's interesting for him to say that. He didn't get involved, <laughs> at least from what we saw on from uh, yeah. back at home here but you know chippiness i i think the bucks too you know they are so tired of hitting one another you're yeah. gonna let it loose and i think it's good as long as you have some some leadership and discipline there and i thought it was pretty interesting to see levante david uh get involved with a lot of these these fights and that's from what i've been following you know kind of new here to the area covering the buccaneers and just yep. seeing some of the other beat reporters talk about it, you know, Levante David isn't necessarily the type of guy to get riled up like that. He's more of the yep. relaxed, 
tone setter type, but you know what? Yeah. This guy got to remember is a linebacker. He's been around the league for a very long time. And you know what? You just sometimes can tick off, tick off the, the beast there. And they sure did, but I'm, I'm about it. But not when coaches are being sent to the friggin' hospital, I think that's a little oh, yeah. overboard there for sure. But I, highly competitive i think this this bucks team might have needed it too um and i, I just want to see some discipline and sometimes that's got to come down from the head coach and and really more specifically your leadership on defense and such but we know devin white a few of these other players too like to get rowdy here and there and uh you know we've seen little tiny bits of that and the buccaneers own training camp but for the most part a lot of leadership has jumped in and, and they've kind of calmed things down but you know what you know what? It's training camp. It's going to be phenomenal when we watch it on Hard Knocks uh, next yeah. Tuesday. It's going to be really fun for sure, and I'm all about it. it. Gives us content, gives us time to come on here and talk about it. But you know, you just don't want to deal with any kind of silly injuries for sure that come out of it. And you know, best of luck and to to the coach that went down during the fight. That, that is something I've never seen before. <laughs> Founder and owner of BucksNBA.com, our sports illustrator, Stan H. Logan Robinson, joining us here on Locked On Bucks today. Find him on Twitter at Logan's Twitty. Uh, we've just been talking about joint practices. And, and yeah, like you mentioned, you don't want to see joint practices are fun. The fights inside of joint practices typically are fun because typically you don't have somebody getting seriously injured. But when you do have somebody going to the hospital, that's that, that kind of crosses a little bit of a line. You definitely don't want to see that. Uh, there, there was a commander's coach, Juan Castillo, got in the middle of a fight on Wednesday at commander's Ravens practice. And I was like, and I mean, I was from a distance, but I was like, Juan, get out of there, man. Like, you, you don't want to be in the middle of those bulls. It's offensive line, defensive line, and he's about as tall as I am. Uh, so, yeah, so certainly all the well wishes out uh, to that coach. But, you know, that's part of the battle. It's part of the competition. Another part of this battle is Kyle Trask, who dropped that 60-yard bomb onto Trey Palmer over Sauce Gardner. Baker Mayfield uh, coming out of Cleveland. Are uh, coming out of Cleveland, coming out of the game against Pittsburgh. Baker Mayfield coming from Cleveland. Uh, what were your thoughts about the quarterback battle leaving that preseason game? Well, you know, I thought you know Baker took care of the ball well. I felt like he was a good game manager while out there on the field. Something that we've seen a nice uh, improvement since the latter half now of training camp, where we saw a lot of takeaways by the defense, a lot of silly throws. You know. We see the stats we're always posting when the quarterback battle here who's throwing the most interceptions. And really it's because Baker Mayfield is trying. And I and I understand mm. that. And I think that's there's good and bad with it. Go and take the shots, understand what you can and cannot do inside of this Dave Canales offense. And I wouldn't be surprised too if Dave is allowing him to take those shots and pushing him to do that to understand what he can do, what's available, what are his assets and the wide receiver room, how far can you take it? Get that done now so then whenever you get to your preseason games and definitely week one when you go against Minnesota, you understand of where your limits are. And mm -hmm. I think that's something Baker was pushing to do early on in this camp. And we've seen a nice, like I said earlier, he, he's improved. He's take care. He's taking care of the ball, and it's it's translated onto the field. And Raymond James, where he was able to have a nice drive managing down the field, and he was able to connect uh, with a few times, and then also get with Trey Palmer and the in the back of the end zone, which he has been doing a really nice job of the last couple of weeks, and his red zone drills where he was really mm -hmm. struggling at the very beginning and Kyle Trask was doing better. Um, you know, it, it's tough to kind of evaluate though for on Trask side, because you are, you got your second team offensive line. You've got some rookies there at wide receiver that you're working with. You've got some newcomers as well. And, you know, you know, the Steelers defense, I'm a home, 
I'm a homebody here. I'm a Steelers guy at heart, but you know, the Steelers defense is a Steelers defense and it's going to cause some yeah. problems for you. But you know, Kyle Trask, I think we're going to have a better evaluation whenever uh, they face the jets on Saturday night to really kind of figure this thing out. I think the bucks will want to announce uh, fairly soon after that, that week two game. I, I don't know if they want to stretch this all the way going into, you know, week three, a preseason, whenever they do face uh, the Ravens, when they come into town, it's I would rather the Bucks, at least from my own side, kind of get your starter named and work from there and get some first team wide receivers in there for him to work and build some chemistry on a game type scenario. So, uh, you know, I thought Baker did well. He was able to manage the game. He got down there. He scored a touchdown. No takeaways, something that has been highly pressed throughout this offseason from him in, in training camp. And we're starting to see a little bit more of some some interceptions thrown. Uh, on Kyle Trask's side, which we saw in OTAs, and you know that he, it's just because Kyle Trask isn't pushing as much. But I thought it was great to see him take that shot deep uh, mm -hmm. against the Jets today. That's something I think the Jet or the Buccaneers want to see more of from the coaching staff. You've got to push more, or you're just going to stay stable, and you will stay a QB two your entire career. You've got to take chances and take some shots. Yeah, I mean, I think that's well said. Eventually, you got to put it out there and, and, and let the chips fall. Uh, where they're, they are, right? You're either going to make it or you're not going to make it. Um, what do you think of the report? So a report came out shortly after that preseason game that internally Baker Mayfield has already been decided as the week one starting quarterback. It's just not being released publicly. What do you think? What do you think about that report and and the uh, the the credibility of it? I, I was sitting right below Baker Mayfield after the game when he got asked that exact question. And I looked closely into his eyes. I can't say that I know when someone's lying or not, but it, it seemed organic. He didn't know. He hasn't been told that from the staff. I, you know, I believe what he's saying there, uh, you know, just some outlet trying to get ahead and probably is most likely the answer most likely will yeah. be Baker Mayfield. But uh, you know, I, I fully agree that this is still an open competition till we you know we get maybe after this week two, unless Kyle Trask really explodes and then it gets interesting to week three. But I, I just don't fully see that happening. I think, you know, Baker's yeah. got a good stride ahead of uh, Kyle at the moment. He's got the more experience on the NFL side of things. Uh, and, you know, just from what we're seeing at training camp, though, they're still switching first team and first team mm -hmm. the next day for both quarterbacks. So if this were to be the case, I would highly way rather have Baker Mayfield. If he's already been named in-house the starting quarterback, right. I want him working with the first team, the first offensive, first team yeah. offensive line, your first team tight ends, every damn snap. I, I don't want Kyle Trask taking those if he doesn't need to be. So, uh, you know, fall, at least from me, not shooting down hashtag fake news, but it uh, doesn't seem right to me, and I fully believe what Baker was telling us in the media w w was true. He, he hasn't been named it, but uh, yeah, both both quarterbacks in equal reps. Still, nothing has changed there. We would tell you if Baker Mayfield is is getting continuous first team reps every right. day, so it would be a big change. So, uh, I, I believe in Mayfield here. Yeah, no, I do too. I mean, uh, doesn't make a lot of sense for an NFL organization to have already picked their starter yet continue this flip flop. Like, there's no, there's nothing to gain. From from yeah. playing this charade uh, for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I was getting a little bit apprehensive. Right, I've I've been through a couple of beats. I've been around a couple of beats, and you know the words of like someone in the organization. Look, someone in the organization could be the guy that sits by the front door and opens it for you uh, uh -huh. when the when the card scan machine isn't working. You know what I mean? So just be careful what you're reading, what you're believing, and what you're what you're hearing out there. And then yeah, educated guesses are always 
uh, a fun thing to deal with as well. But Kyle Trask is going to have an opportunity. Obviously, he had an opportunity against the Jets on Wednesday. He'll have an opportunity Saturday against the New York Jets in preseason week three, game two for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we will continue. Uh, hopefully all of us will continue to go to BucksGameDay.com because not only does Logan own it and found it and, and employ people, but I'm an employee there. So hopefully you're going there reading what I'm writing, what everybody else is writing as well. Logan, appreciate you coming through here as well. Look forward to the next time as well. David, always appreciate you inviting me to come on here. Always a good time and looking forward to uh, what should be. If there's a lot of fights going on in joint practice, looking forward to what could happen on Saturday night at 730 when the Buccaneers face the Jets. So appreciate you always having me, David. Coming up tomorrow, James and I will be back for another episode of Locked on Bucks. So make sure you come back for that. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, leave them in the YouTube comment box or hit us up on Twitter at Locked on Bucks. Thank you so much for making Locked on Bucks your first listen of the day every day for making this show a part of your day, part of your football routine. If you have anything else Tampa Bay Buccaneers related that you want to know, just hit me up on Twitter at dharrison82 or james at jarco underscore bucks. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, fire the cannons, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 